0: Hello everyone, my name is Kate and I'm Anna Maria
1: Perez
0: and you're listening to ArtWise. Hello everyone, welcome to ArtWise. Today I have with me Anna Maria and I'm gonna let her go ahead and
2: just tell you why she's here basically. <laughs> Hi. So I'm here to talk about applying your artistic skills to different I guess industries or different different skills. So like for example, I studied concept art in school, but most of the like jobs I've had have been graphic design. <laughs> So but like, I've been able to apply those to those jobs. And I figured it could be an interesting thing to talk about.
0: Yeah, I was I was so excited, because I had never, like, we haven't talked about this on the podcast, what I'm trying to say. So I'm excited, because this is something that I feel like is really important. Because as artists, it's almost like, completely necessary if you want to work in the art industry to be extremely flexible Mm
1: -hmm.
0: especially when you're first starting out I feel like the more experience that you gain over time I don't know if you have any like thoughts on this but I personally I feel like the more experience you gain over the over time the more picky you're allowed to be oh yeah 100% (laughs) yeah yeah so um for example like you said you studied concept art and then did something else. Uh, I, I couldn't afford art school. I tried to go to art school, like I fought tooth and nail, didn't work out because I just couldn't afford it. So I went to community college. I don't even have an art degree at all. I have an associate arts. But I got a job straight out of high school as like a graphic designer at a custom t-shirt shop because I literally like, I think I've talked about this on like older yeah. epi- like really old episodes of the podcast, but I googled art jobs and I was like I'll take anything um and that's where I (laughs) that's where I ended up and it was actually really great because it got me experience in t-shirt design and then I took that portfolio that I had built from being at the print shop for just one year and I got like a better corporate job and then from there I like You know, as someone who I didn't have a design background at all, I lied on my resume. I said, oh, I absolutely know how to use Mm -hmm. Illustrator. Had never touched it before. (laughs) Before. Got into that job, watched, like, pulled all-nighters watching, like, YouTube tutorials, how to learn Illustrator. Mm -hmm. Taught myself everything at that (laughs) job. And then, like, as I gained experience, I feel like I became, like, a true Shirt design expert, and then I left, and now I'm doing whatever I want, and I can because people let me because they're like, Oh, five years of professional experience, which I didn't think was a lot, but people are like, This that's like more than I think there's like different, they have like junior artists and then they have senior artists. Yeah, and I was applying for junior artists, and they were like, Oh, you're overqualified. I was like, That's mm-hmm. ne- something I never thought I'd hear in my whole life. Uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, sorry, tangent there, but (laughs) I thought thought it was relevant, and that's why I I was just like I wanted to uh, say why I was so excited to talk about this. No,
2: I think that's super relevant. Yeah, no, no problem.
0: Yeah, but before we get into all of that, uh, I do have to ask everybody that comes on this podcast: um, How did you begin your journey into art? What got you
2: interested in working as an artist? So it's kind of a complicated answer. Although maybe it's not that complicated. So I grew up when like Sailor Moon was first introduced to the USA. I think I was probably like three or four years old or maybe five. I honestly don't remember. Power Rangers was also big. I didn't really watch a lot of the like standard quote unquote like 90s kids TV shows because we didn't have cable growing up. Mm-hmm. So, I watched a lot of, like, whatever was on, like, basic cable. So, like, Pokemon was on basic cable. I love Pokemon. There was a lot of, like, 80s cartoons reruns I've watched, too. So, I was really big into those. I have two older brothers, and they were really big into video games. So, like, I remember we got, like, Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time one year and I was just like blown away we had like the strategy guys and I was just like looking through and they have so much art in those books and I was just like engrossed in all this and it's like I want to I just I just wanted to draw like Link and Sailor Moon all the time so then like I was getting older so like probably like third grade I'd say I was like you know they always ask you like what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like I want to be an artist but then everyone always tell me like, "Oh, you should pick a job where you can make money." Cuz artists, it's you can make money, but it's hard. So, my third-grade brain is like, "Oh, but I still want to draw. So, I'll be an architect because that makes a lot of money <laughs> according to people." <laughs> so, but then people were like, "Oh, but you have to be really good at math to do that." I was like, "Oh, I'm so bad at math. So bad at math." So, I was like, "Oh, man, I guess I can't be an architect. (laughs) So then I was like, well, I guess I'll figure it out. And then later in like, when I was like maybe 10 or 11, my mom passed away from cancer. So a lot of my free time was spent drawing and playing video games because that brought me a lot of joy. And through like high school, I just like, I think I still want to go to art school. Like, I really enjoy drawing. It makes me happy. So I did end up going to art school and went to Otis. I grew up in Southern California, by the way. Um, I don't think I mentioned that. So that's why I was able to go to Otis because they're in Los Angeles. So that's basically it. Like, I think my childhood was surrounded by, like, cartoons a lot and video games and it just made me happy. So it was the only thing I think like I could ever do professionally in my life.
0: Absolutely. I'm And I'm so glad that you stuck with what made you happy as opposed to I like I can't even begin to tell you how many artists have come on this podcast and been like my whole life. I knew I wanted to be ar- an artist and everyone was telling me I wouldn't make enough money to live. So I went to school for something else. And then mm-hmm. I regretted it immediately, and I didn't find my career until so much later like i I hear it so often it makes me so sad because honestly like especially in you know design and other things like it pays it's comparable to like any other career you
1: mm-hmm. know absolutely
0: <laughs> like it's very it's very especially especially like design and like the more like commercial art realm mm-hmm. but and, you know, I know, like, not everybody wants to do that. I'm one of those people. I, I worked in corporate. I did my time. I was there for four years. Didn't like it. Now I'm freelancing. And it is significantly harder. But like, I could easily if I was really struggling. I could easily get a job back <laughs> in corporate again if I wanted. Yeah. to. So I, you know, I commend you for for actually like, <laughs> seeing it through <laughs> and actually like sticking to what makes you happy. Because I feel like, that is the best way to live ever. I completely agree. So talking about a little further down the line, uh, can you tell us about uh, your experience working in like all of these various industries that you mentioned? I know you mentioned before (laughs) we started recording toy packaging and illustrations for brands like Disney. Yeah.
2: So like, so my first job out of, I guess, college, which I partially had while I was in college, was just like drawing, like vectorizing art for character assets for a Facebook game. <laughs> and like, that was cool and all, but like, it was still so fun. It was a learning experience. I learned a lot about Adobe Illustrator with that job. (laughs) That was a job where I was like, I'm I'm a master of this program now. (laughs) So then I got laid off from that job, like, I think three months after I graduated or something. And so I was freelancing, doing maybe like, mostly like background paintings for like, like commercials or whatever. Really fun. I loved it. Um, But it was freelance. It wasn't, like, anything steady, and it was freaking me out. I was like, I need a full-time job. I don't think I can handle this. So I was just, like, applying to, like, pretty much anything art-related. I was like, I just want to draw. Like, obviously, I wanted, like, the shiny position. was like, I want to work for Disney. I want to work for Nickelodeon. I want to work for blah, 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 blah no one would hire me I don't know if like maybe I just didn't have the right portfolio which could be the case I don't know or just they were looking for more experience I have no idea but I think my friend mentioned to me like oh the Disney team at Jack Pacific is looking they're like they're hiring like you should just apply I'm like oh that sounds cool like the toy company is hiring for the Disney team that sounds awesome so I applied, and when I was in for the interview, they're like, Oh, we're looking for someone that can draw like in the Disney style for our packaging. And we think you would fit that because they were looking for like an illustrator in house. So I was like, Okay, that sounds cool. And then, like, I also had this piece in my portfolio that they were really drawn to that was like a castle with like showing like the dimensions and everything with it and like to scale. I basically like made like a blueprint of a castle as far like a Mm -hmm. school project. And they were very like, Oh, you could be good doing showroom design. I was like, what is showroom design? (laughs) And so, so after, after that, that job taught me a lot of like, they taught me how to do packaging design. They taught, I basically got like a crash course into graphic design with that, that course, that um, course you can, you can think of it like a course job. And I was doing a lot of math (laughs) funny enough, but it, it wasn't like crazy math, at least like illustrator does a lot of math for you. So that helps a lot. Yeah. So, I was doing a lot of things that I never thought I would ever do, but it was, but it's fun still. And it's really great to learn about. I think that answers your question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I remember you also saying in your application that you really wanted to get into animation when you first started. Mm -hmm. How did you end up in graphic design and illustration from animation so so i was
2: just like i wanted to be a vista artist like for a feature film and i didn't realize i think at the time how like crazy crazy that is like that's not really a job a lot of people have and i think i was naive in thinking i could get that job right out of school (laughs) so i was applying to like all the big animation studios like you know disney pixar DreamWorks, blah 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 didn't get any internship for there didn't get like anything um except for rejections after rejections but i was able to work for like a small like motion graphics studios as freelance and i loved that but like i still wanted that like you know the shiny studio in-house job but and even when I was working in like graphic design with like like Jax or any of the other toy companies I was still like I had the dream of like I'm gonna work at animation studio someday and I kept working on my portfolio and stuff but like I still wouldn't like get anything like job-wise out of that um it was just like small freelance here and there which was still really fun but like I think I, I, my time doing like packaging design and for toys made me realize that like, oh, apparently I'm good at this and it does bring me joy. Like, this is fun. I like working on like Disney princess doll packaging. Like it's fun. And I like making kids happy when they see the boxes. Yeah, I'm not working on the dolls, but like it's part of it still, it's still an experience. So I kind of tried to shift my focus into that world and then also, like, more illustration. I was like, oh, well, I still want to draw. And so I tried to, like, okay, I'm going to focus, like, more on illustration instead of animation design because I think that's more probably for me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. No, I actually... I really wanted to do VizDev as well. I took... So I actually, when I was in high school, I won like the scholarship to like a pre-college summer program. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Wrangling College of Art and Design. I'm in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I won like a scholarship to there. It was like a full ride scholarship. I would not have been able to go without that scholarship. But that was the only like taste of art school that I ever really got. And it was only like a month long, but they had us basically pick two focuses so like if you were trying to decide between like majors or whatever and I really I wanted to do game art that was my thing that I wanted to do really Mm -hmm. badly so I chose game art and visual development and that was probably the visual development class was probably the most fun I've ever had in an art Mm -hmm. class Is just like to be able to be like just really creative and just like make like, it was so cool. I forget the professor's name. I wish I remembered, but he gave us like these, they were like little assignments, but like they were very, very vague. It would be like, (laughs) like one of, one of the assignments. So, and it was cool because he split us into groups of four and we would each like group get four prompts and every week we would switch off and like circle it around our group of four and i was the last one to get this prompt it was my favorite one that i did too it was called the prompt it was just elephantine beast of burden and that was it we weren't given any other inf- information or anything at all and uh everybody else made like these big majestic like beasts that were just huge and i i you know being the fourth person to get it i was like okay well everyone in my group like did really well but like how can i do this differently and i thought beast of burden and i immediately started thinking about like eor and how he's just so burdened like by him his own self and so i was like oh what if, what if i just make like his burden is like himself like he's like a big <laughs> like elephantine beast of burden so i made him like morbidly obese and huge compared to like and he, he was, like, his own species, or he was, like, in his own species, like, all of the other, like, I don't even know, beasts of burden, or other beasts, like, they were clearly the same species as him, but they were all muscular and, like... Buff and like big, (laughs) and like I wish I could show you. I probably do have a picture of it somewhere. I am picturing it in my mind right now, and it looks amazing. (laughs) Here, let me show you. I I definitely have a picture of it, but I lost it. I I gave it to my high school art teacher the my senior year as like an extra credit because I was like, oh, like give me extra credit for all the stuff that I did over the summer that I didn't have to do. And she was like, okay, word. And so like I gave it to her and I I don't think I ever got it back. And I have no idea where it is, but I know I have a picture of it on my old Instagram account. So oh hopefully gosh. it's good enough. Oh here. You it gotta goes. find that. So Okay, it's on Instagram, but oh this is so horrible. Hold on. Let You'll let, have to
2: send it to me. Let
0: me yeah, I'll send it and then I'll post <laughs> like a really link. A link to it in the description for for those of you who are not watching the video version of this podcast right now i'm gonna try and show it to you over the camera just so you kind of understand what it's like but it's two pages and so his name is gantor the elephantine beast of burden that's him and those are like his species they're all like muscular and that's also him and i made him these snacks and it was like it was so dumb it was like rock candy but it was like literal rocks And god! God, small animal jerky and like, just like in plastic little like chip bags and stuff. And then the, the bottom panel that I drew is like, it's him over here. And he's like, please wait for me. And all his little brothers are like, no Gantor, you're too much of a burden. And he's like all sad. And it's literally, I think it's one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And I wish I could have, like, done that more. But also, I do recognize it's really hard to get into (laughs) visual development and concept art. And, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty strong illustrator, but I'm definitely not, like, the best by any means. But I feel like I have, like, good, like, creative ideas. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, like, I do... It was crazy the way that I fell into graphic design because it really... It wasn't something I wanted to do, but it was also like I was really happy that I could just be making stuff because really like when I think about it, too, like what you were saying, I wanted to do something that wasn't going to make me miserable. I think most artists, that's why we fall into art is because art is for most people that are artists, art is really fun. Uh, so I was like, OK, well, as long as I'm making something like I don't really care what it is. And I stand by that. I s I except for like some jobs kind of suck, but or at least the ones I had. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, know, I've been there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some jobs like are like make it really hard to enjoy what you do. But yeah, I can I can definitely see like like being versatile. Oh, and that's another thing too that I wanted to talk about. Like being versatile and, like, being able to jump from, like, illustration to graphic design to, like, these different things, I also feel like not only does that make you, like, really well-rounded, like, a a really good artist who can do a lot of different things, I feel like it keeps it from being boring, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely both of those combined. Like, I can't tell you, like, how many times I've gone into interviews and been like oh i can illustrate too i'm like what you can do that too and i'm like yeah it's not a big deal but to them that's like everything Mm -hmm. and it's such a great asset for them to have and it does keep it more interesting because then you would be like oh well i don't like how this like asset looks and like you can like i don't know like i'm just Thinking of something like, I don't like how this flower looks. I'm going to redraw it so it looks how, like, I want it to look, you know, for example. And it's, it's a good, it's a good skill to have. And it makes it, like, you can kind of make the work a little bit more, like, customizable to your taste, I think, too. Because, like, you can alter the art how you want it to look.
0: Exactly in the i find that in the design industry specifically that is a skill that i was surprised to find out not a lot of designers can also illustrate i don't know why i thought it was like a requirement before um but now as like i'm freelancing i'm trying to also build like relationships with other freelance designers and just you know Network and get to know people because I didn't have like the networking experience of of going to college. So I, you know, I try really hard, and I mean, obviously, this podcast is kind of a form of networking in in a way. Mm -hmm. But I try really hard to also find people who like are doing something similar to what I'm doing. And like, I recently fell into brand design, and that's like what most of my freelance is right now. And you like people are blown away when you can make your own like vectorized like. Illustrations like for brands, like oh, I can just make you like a really cool like little like they're like oh my gosh, like you can draw. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like yeah, how how great of a skill illustration is like, no matter what creative career you're in, like it really like gives you such a leg up. Like
2: yeah, and like honestly, you don't even have to be like the world's best illustrator. Really, it's the ideas and the creativity like coming up with concepts like the obese Eeyore like that's really funny like (laughs) yeah you can't like that's that's the hard part I was so proud of
0: that idea too and uh when we were doing critiques like after I finished it the professor he was like what what is this and I was like let me explain it so and I gave him the same spiel that I just gave you and he was like okay and he they live in the forest and i was like yeah and he was like but he has like vending machine like bags of like forest themed like junk food and i was like yeah and he was like that doesn't make any sense but i kind of love it and i was like it doesn't have to like make sense cuz i made it up it's like not real <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite things I've ever made because I feel like everybody else went so like big and majestic and like the art was like so beautiful but like being the fourth person to make the same thing I feel like that really helps me too like seeing what other people have done for something similar and being okay how can I make this different but like mine you know like how can I make this mine because yeah. I have a very I have a extremely niche Style of existing and also creating, but just being a person, I'm very much like, okay, I want to listen to this art podcast, but it's like exactly what art wise is. Oh, it doesn't exist. I guess I have to make it. It's not even like a matter of somebody should make that. It's like, okay, well, I want this to exist so badly (laughs) that I guess I have to do it because if I don't do it, no one else is going to because it was my idea. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just like. (laughs) <laughs> but it's so cool because it I feel like it really puts you in a unique position in terms of career. So,
2: yeah, it, it does. Yeah. And then. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was
0: going with that. So I I also was wondering if you could maybe share some advice for artists who are looking to pivot their career into like these different like industries within the art industry.
2: Yeah. Of course. So I think, so from my personal experience, what has helped me is having like in your portfolio, a little bit of both things. So like, for example, if you're applying for a job for toy packaging, for example, you want to have toy packaging in your portfolio. Like it doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be like I actually produce this and mass produce this. It it can be, you know, like I just want to see it. But then also having like what you have done in the past in your in your portfolio. So like whether it's maybe not animation, but like illustration storyboards, like if you have that experience like if it's a lot of experience, like if you've been doing this for like five years, 10 years, 15 years, like I feel like that's still valuable information and that's a valuable skill that you can still bring to the table. Like I have looked at a lot of portfolios before, like not from like a hiring standpoint, but like just to like, like one time um, I was brought in to like look at a portfolio as like a potential hire. But like it wasn't like my decision, like if I could hire this person or not. And like if you do illustration and like somewhat decent packaging design, like that's a win. Like if you if you have like if you've done storyboarding in the past, it past 15 years, but you wanna do toy packaging, like I wanna see that. I wanna see the work you've done in the past. I don't think it's a detriment to put that into your portfolio or your website. Like it's a part of who you are. So, and I feel like this works for me. Like every time I've said like, Oh, I do illustration too. Like, Oh my gosh, we can use you. (laughs) I feel like even if you were a graphic designer and you want to go into illustration, like put in your graphic design too. Like, obviously, like, make it make sense. Don't just put in, like, typography. I want to see, like, how you implemented that typography into your work. So that would be my advice. Like, don't forget, like, if you're switching industries, don't forget who you were in the past because I think it helps and people want to see that. Yeah, I I think that's great advice as
0: somebody who's currently in the, I'm like in the middle of switching industries because I have five years of shirt design under my belt. And now I am like doing more like branding just because I feel like, not only do I really like it, but also I feel like um, it's easier to find freelance work for that than (laughs) t-shirts. And also I was getting (laughs) bored with the t-shirts anyway, after doing it for five years. Oh my gosh. (laughs) but something I want to add to what you said earlier I think something that is really a good idea that I wish I would have done a little bit sooner so you were saying in terms of like your portfolio like say you wanted to like go into like toy packaging Mm -hmm. and you have not done that before Make some like, you know, like fake packaging. Yeah. I, so I had wanted to make the switch to brand design, and I was trying to get brand design work, having only like one or two brand design things in my portfolio, and I was not having any luck. <laughs> And so I decided, you know what, maybe I just need to like work on my portfolio. I think that's probably the problem. And so I made up a bunch of brands or I went on Instagram and like people will literally like, no matter what the industry is, like if you find people that are in like the industry that you want to be in, there are people on like Instagram and TikTok who are literally just like they post prompts for you to do. And like everyone Mm -hmm. does them. Like there's a whole, the design community has like briefs for brand design and like so many people will go and like all do the same thing and it's so cool because you can like at the end when like everybody posts their work when it's like due on Instagram or whatever it's not like a real assignment (laughs) but like when it's due you can see like oh that looks really good like why didn't I think of that or like oh this like everybody did it this way and I did it this way that's interesting that like I went a different route like it's it's Mm -hmm. really cool but also like As soon as I started doing those like regularly and I was updating my portfolio with ones that I, you know, I, I have like mentors and people that I go to who are, Mm -hmm. you know, artists who have more experience than me. Of course, I always am like asking them, okay, which ones do you like for my portfolio? Which ones are like weaker that I should probably leave out. Once I did that, I was immediately getting more work. Like as soon as I updated on my website, it was like instantly, like people were like, I didn't realize mm. you did brand design. Oh, well, th- yeah, that's, like, the main thing that I do now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you don't show people that you can do the thing that you want to do, like, even if it's fake, like, it doesn't even... Obviously or not obviously. Sorry, I don't know why I said obviously. That was the wrong it's word. Okay. Not obviously <laughs> enough, clearly, because I meant the opposite of obviously. What what is the opposite of obviously? Oh gosh. It's unclear. It was unclear Clear. to every everyone who contacted me after seeing my portfolio and wanting to either hire me or work with me in some capacity. They were like, "Oh, so tell me about tell me about this brand you did the packaging because I did one of my portfolio projects that I did, that's not a real business. It was a brief from Instagram. It was a brand called milkaholics. And I designed a (laughs) bunch of packaging for these like little milk cartons. And Mm -hmm. I had a couple of interviews at like different like agencies and different things. They're like, tell me about that. This is really cool. Like, do they sell this here? Cause like, I want to, you know, I want to try this milk. And I was like, oh, it's not real. And they were like, wow, that looks real. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. Like nothing in my portfolio. There is literally, I think two or three brands that are actually like real brands in my portfolio because I'm so new to it. I had to like make stuff up. And I feel like a lot of people get scared to do that because people... They will, like, they will ask you. They'll be like, oh, what, so tell me about this. And then I have to go, oh, well, I made it up. But it doesn't really hurt you.
2: It's just like, oh, that's, that's crazy. No. That's really cool. Like, Yeah, and honestly, like, and I've seen this before, so that's why I'm bringing this up. I would rather see in a portfolio a made-up brand that you've designed than, like, take, I don't know, Nike and create, like, packaging for that because you didn't, like, because of that's not real. Like, I would, this is maybe just personal experience, like, I would rather see, like, your creativity from a random prompt than, like, oh, I'm just gonna, I know I never really worked for Nike, but, like, I just want to create packaging for Nike and, like, put on my portfolio, because that could be a little deceiving, I feel like, because, like, you, didn't, you never worked for Nike, like, it's so funny no, that you why, why do you have it?
0: <laughs> It's so funny that you bring that up because I literally did work for Nike. Or not for Nike. You I worked, did. I worked, yeah, I I worked at Fanatics. Oh I worked at Fanatics and I was on the Nike team cuz they they're in collaboration with each other. Oh and my god. Fanatics handles a lot of their like I don't know actually like Nike really doesn't I mean they do some stuff but like they'll just be like okay this is what we want and then like Fanatics like has their designers like literally make it and like I think I don't know if their production team like actually like produced the shirts or if it was us or not because I really just I really only worried about the art but yeah yeah. and I had I had a few things in my portfolio from when I worked there and I literally took them out because people were like "Why?" like like asking me about it and I was like oh well you know, I I didn't work there technically because I worked at Fanatics. That was so, so it says on my resume, but they're partnered. And so I did make like Nike stuff, but it would confuse yeah. people because they'd be like, why do you have the- this in here? So I literally took it Interesting. out. <laughs> but I don't know how you feel about this. Mm-hmm. But if you did something that you really like didn't like, don't include it in your portfolio because people might expect you to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't hate my job by any means when i was at fanatics and i was doing the stuff for nike it was actually pretty fun i i am not a sports fan <laughs> and i yes. and i was getting i was getting really bored and also like it was almost like a party trick because when i was working there i knew every single sports team i knew all of the pantone colors and the nike colors by name for each team like i knew all of it it was ingrained in my brain for three years and oh oh my gosh it was just like ingrained in here and uh I (laughs) i definitely when i had that stuff in my portfolio i was getting contacted from recruiters who were also doing, like, sports merchandise, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, and I just, like, I did not want (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that anymore, I'm just, I've never been a sports fan, that was just, like, better than the print shop that I was at before, so that's why I
2: left. Yeah, I, I totally hear you, yeah, yeah, no, I do agree with that, like, if you really don't like a piece that you've done, just take it out, because, like, yeah, it's not worth it. If you're not happy doing it, just make something else that you do like to replace it. And that's all yeah. you have to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So so speaking of pro like things and projects and stuff. It's <laughs> a great segue into the next question. Yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> can you give me like an example of a project where you had to adapt skills that you already had and translate it into like a different, um, industry?
2: Yes. So while I was at, so when you're working for a toy company and you're doing packaging design or like in the, what they say, like creative services department, at least from my experience, you were also not only creating packaging, you're also creating showroom designs. So it's like a whole nother world, basically, but you still have to do it because it's graphic design, right? So well it, or it's just what the department does. So I also learned that mostly through my time at Jack's. And there was this project. We had the license for Pete. Pete's the Pete the Magic Dragon. It was like the live-action version or whatever. Um, and so for Toy Fair, like, oh, I was in charge. Of that section for Toy Fair. So I had to design what the booth layout would look like. So it's a little hard for me to describe because the general public never sees these things. Like it's not like at Comic Con where like you see like all these photos of like pretty booth layout. Like it's part of that. But this is like think of like a Comic Con display, like a cool one. And it's this Toy Fair, at least for Jax, it was like. 10 times more elaborate than that. So, so I was in charge of designing this toy fair booth layout, showroom layout for Pete the dragon. I had never seen the original movie. All I knew that this movie had the dragon, the green dragon and like, I guess a red bridge was like part of the story. That's all they would tell us. That's all Disney would tell us. So I was like, okay, what if we had this layout where and i drew this out because it was like concept art time okay what if we had all these like fake rocks we can make them out of paper mache or whatever and then we have like this like bridge we make it out of foam core and then we have the dragon we we sculpt the dragon somehow and like in my mind i'm like this is like concept art right this isn't going to be real, right? Like we're going to have to like, probably tone this down a little bit. No, they loved it. Like, Oh, we love this. Build us the bridge and build us figure out how to build the dragon. So I'm like, how am I going to build this dragon? (laughs) So I'm like talking to my art director. I'm like, how are we going to do this? And he's like, I don't know. Just like take a day think about this and like we'll come back like later and we'll, we'll, like look at look at some ideas you know we might have to just simplify this down you know so don't don't worry about it but like you know think about this so i had the bright idea through my research of oh what if we built a dragon like those like toy like wooden dinosaur puzzles you know what i mean where like where they had like yeah. each, like it's like the bones of the dinosaur. I'm like, what if we did that? And that's how we build the dragon. So I build this like mock-up dragon out of like just paper as like a proof of concept. And I show it to my art and I'm like, we could, we could do this. We could build a dragon like this. And he looks at it and he's like, let's do it. And then I was in charge <laughs> of trying to like, I had to paint the dragon. <laughs> Because Disney would only give... This was, like, still, like, an under wraps thing. The movie's out now, like, so, like, I can talk about it. But, like, they only gave us so many art assets to use. Yeah. I still had to, like, put art on all of these different panels of the dragon. And so I had to, like, paint a lot of those. Make, like, realistic fur texture on these like panels and everything and figure out how to build this thing. Like, so that once it was printed on paper and then mounted on foam core that we could like realistically build this thing. And same with the red bridge. I think it was like probably the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge or something, something like a red bridge build that and then also make it structurally sound so that we could put, toy packages on top of it for display on everything except for the dragon. The dragon was just for like to look pretty. It was just to look pretty, but they wanted the dragon. So it was also it was really difficult and I remember like after I was like I also had to build this physically, right? I had to be in the showroom, put this together. I had help, thankfully, you know. Everyone works as a team, but you still have to build it then. I just remember, like, thinking to myself after, like, spending, like, all-nighters, like, trying to figure out, like, how to build this thing. I was like, how did I get to this spot in my life where I'm trying to, like, I'm doing math. And I'm building a dragon. I never thought I would ever do this, but it was... It definitely was like an accumulation of everything I had learned artistically and graphic design and packaging and everything. And in that moment, I was like a struct partially a structural engineer for this, (laughs) this dragon. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how I got to this point in my life, but here I am. It was fun, but also very difficult, but that is probably the one project where, I had to use everything in my arsenal to figure this out and build it. And it came out really cool. Like I kept that, I kept photographs of that showroom and like the concept drawing layout that I had done in my portfolio for the longest time. Cause I was actually very proud of that. (laughs) That sounds so complicated. (laughs) It was very complicated. I may and maybe I made it sound more complicated than it actually was, but at the time it was very complicated.
0: No, like even like, I know what you're talking about. Like those paper, like, like they're almost like 3d puzzles in a way.
1: Right. Yeah. What you're yeah. Talking
0: about? I remember as a child getting one of those from, di- we have dinosaur world here in Tampa, Florida <laughs> from dinosaur world, like literally getting one and trying to build it for like three straight days and just giving up and it wasn't even that complicated but I was a child well now that I think about it maybe it was really complicated and I was a child so it seemed extra more complicated but I like I don't know I just I would probably if I had to like actually figure out like how that worked like you said like a structural engineer type stuff like that yeah Seems so scary. It
1: was so hard. It was scary because in my mind, I was like, okay, I know I made this mini mock and it worked as a mini mock, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to 100% work. We blow it up to scale. Like, this was like three feet, four feet, like, I don't remember, but like, they want it to be the actual size of the dragon. So Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> okay. You're going to pay for all this phone for it, so I will will do what you ask for.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: that was crazy. And then, like, the funny thing was, like, I want to say maybe a half a year after that, we ended up hiring a legit structural engineer. And I was like, where were you? Where were you a year ago when I needed you the most?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you could have just so pawned it funny. off on them, and been like, okay, I made
2: this idea. Here you go, do it, you know. <laughs> That's but crazy. like I think that experience also helped me a lot in just like because after I left Jax, I was still doing toy packaging at other companies. That still like helped me a lot, like trying to figure out how can I actually do this realistically. Like it's cool to have a concept, but like if I can't actually if if like they can't actually produce this and make it, then what's the point? Because that's the point of my job is to make cool looking packaging that they can actually make. So it was a wild ride.
0: <laughs> it sounds fun though. I mean, stressful, but in a fun <laughs> <It's>
1: way. Fun. <laughs> so it was a lot of like staying
2: up. Toy fair is a lot of like staying up all night with your coworkers for like a couple weeks
1: just building stuff and painting things with glitter.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. It was fun. So that that said, how would you decide, like, which types of work in the industry, like, like illustration design, like, how, how did you decide which ones you should take down or which ones you should take on and which
2: ones you should turn down? That's a tough question because... I only basically applied to the to jobs that I wanted. Like if it was like a sports drink or something brand, if I needed a job, obviously then I would apply for it. But like, that's an interesting question. If it's freelance and I didn't like the project, then I would turn it down. I towards like, I've always wanted to work on, like, kid-centric brands and stuff. So, like, cartoons. Like, I guess that goes back to, like, when I wanted to work in, like, the animation industry. Like, I wanted to work on, like, kids' shows. So, I am more drawn to kid properties, I guess. Or, like, things for kids or young adults. Just as, like, a personal taste. So, like, if it was... Yeah, if it was, like, anything... uh, Like... I like doing graphic design, but if it's graphic design for, like, something really boring, I'm not sure, like, I could do it. I'm not sure I have, like, I don't think I could put my heart into that, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely understand. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's a good way to go about it, too. Just, like, only, I mean, obviously, like, I feel like sometimes you're not in a position where you can turn stuff down. Yeah, sometimes. But I think that's like a good rule of thumb if it doesn't like if like the job posting doesn't make you like excited or if the offer doesn't make you excited,
2: then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a complicated question, at least for me to answer, because like. Maybe I'm just picky, but like, I just I just want to work, I guess. Well, I. My heart is into, like, the more cartoony, the more, like, stylized. Like, that's what I enjoy. Me, so too. That's what I, I try and take that on. Me, too. Obviously, though, if I need the job, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: but- same same here. Yeah, it's a, like, that's totally understandable. And honestly, I think being picky is, like, a really good quality because – I don't know. When you're not picky, I feel like you end up doing a bunch of stuff that you don't want to do and that's no fun. So. Yeah, and
2: then like it doesn't come out good when that happens. Yeah. That's pa- the thing. Passion is
0: literally like the best. Like if you're passionate about something, you're going to get the best work. Like if if somebody hired me for something and I was really excited about the project, you're going to get 10 times, 20 times, 30 times better than me, you know, making something that I just don't really You know i'm not really interested Mm -hmm. in so
2: yeah i i did have i think this is probably common advice i don't know but like i did have a teacher in college say that like once like if you get like presented a project like a freelance project and you really don't want to do it just ask for a lot of money and if they say yes well yeah you don't want to do it but at least you're getting paid a lot so there's that um and then he also said like if you do get offered a project that you really want to do ask for like you know like your normal rate. Right? don't like go like above me on because it's gonna make you happy to do it so i try and also like follow that as best as i can
0: yeah that's actually a really really good like tip for people i definitely i think that's like a great way to go about it too um speaking of speaking of tips uh Can you share any any tips of artists or of artists for artists uh, who are just starting out and trying to find their place in the art industry? Ooh, I would
2: say try. I had like this like tunnel vision of like what I wanted to do. I would say try not to do that. Experiment. Explore other possibilities. I would have never... I would have never been doing what I do now if it wasn't for my experience in the toy industry. Like, and I never thought I would ever work in the toy industry. So I think keeping an open mind on the different possibilities of what you can actually, like, work on is good. Don't just be like, I only want to create characters for video games. Like, that's great. That's great. But (laughs) I think broaden your horizons a little bit you can also create characters for animation you can also create characters for children's books you know like the possibilities are endless really
0: yeah I I definitely agree I think being open-minded to doing stuff that you didn't think that you would be doing is like the fastest way to find like what you really love Mm yeah yeah Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do. And I was like, well, you know, or not that I didn't want to do specifically didn't want to do, but Mm -hmm. like things that weren't what I knew I wanted to do. Like it was things that like, oh, I never thought about that. Like staying, staying open-minded, I think is really helpful because you could really find that like, you actually like it more than the thing that you thought you wanted to do. (laughs) So yeah.
2: That's very true. Yeah, I never thought I would like to do packaging, but it's actually kind of fun. So it's 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 interesting to do. I love packaging. I love doing
0: packaging. It is fun, even if it's for something boring. I like it because I like making stuff look pretty. And I also like when I shop. Like if it has good packaging, I will buy it. Even if it's like something that I know I'm not going to use, I'll be like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's pretty. (laughs) I'm just going to keep it. Like I, I feel like that's an artist (laughs) thing, but. That's how you know, like you like packaging, because when you go to the store and something has nice packaging and you buy it,
2: it really <laughs> just changes everything about like what you're buying. Yeah, it really does. It gives you like it. Otherwise, you might as well just sell everything in like a little clear plastic bag.
0: Yeah, like, that's no, so boring. <laughs> I just I made a TikTok about liquid death. Is the perfect example of good like packaging completely (laughs) changing a product no like branding and packaging see like i i have so many like i know so many small business owners who are like not willing to invest in like a graphic designer and i always am like but what about Mm. liquid death like they're you know a multi-million dollar company they just started in 2019 the whole reason that they make so much money is because of their packaging because it's
2: different like a normal water bottle (laughs) And it could be it's, Yeah, it's literally otherwise you're just buying water. But yeah. it's a it's a cool can with like a gold foil skull on it, you know, like and it's called liquid death. Like yeah. So
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect example. I use it all the time because I'm like, they're the best example ever, because they're doing so good too. Like yeah. so good. But we, we are coming up on an hour. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really. So if you if you wanted to okay. just <laughs> if you wanted to just, um, one last question, uh, which I okay. have to ask everybody, it's just, it's required. Uh, what, what advice would you give your younger self regarding your career? I feel like you already probably maybe talked about this, but if you just want to. It's okay.
2: It. <laughs> what would I give my younger self? So I would say just keep doing what makes you happy. It's hard to like, I live through like a very sad childhood with like my mom passing away and everything but I think focusing on what makes you happy is really like what's going to keep you going and I think you really need to focus on what makes you happy try not to listen to what other people say like you should be a doctor like if you really don't want to be a doctor don't do it you know if you want to create art you should do it being happy is really like that's the goal in life I think Absolutely. Uh,
0: So I definitely want to give you the floor for self promo before we wrap it up. (laughs) So go ahead and tell everybody how they can see your work, how they can support you, where they can find you, your social medias, like anything else that you want to promote at all. Um, The floor is all yours.
2: (laughs) Okay, so you can find me at my handle, like pretty much everywhere is like um, Anna Arena art. Or you can just go to my website, um, AnnaMariaPerez.com. That's kind of like, I'm trying to make that like the hub center for like all of my work. But all of my handles, my usernames are all like the same across like Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. It's all the same. Sometimes I like to stream on Twitch. um, So you can find me there. I like to play games or draw sometimes. But the best place to find me is Instagram or my website. All right.
0: uh, As always, I'm going to put links to all that stuff in the episode description for easy access. So go check that out. But yeah, thank you so much, Anna Maria, for coming on. I super appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm so (laughs) excited. See, I'm getting so frustrated because I'm recording right now. I don't know if you guys, it's May when this episode comes out but it's January when we're recording this and I'm frustrated at myself because I'm like, I get so excited to release these and I have to wait like six months or five months. Yeah, four months. I understand. Uh, But I'm so excited for this episode to come out and I appreciate you coming on here and talking to me because I like your experience is so unique to uh, anyone that we've had on the podcast so far with um, the toy packaging design and stuff. So I'm just super excited to have you on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you guys are still uh, listening and you made it this far into the episode, as always, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Five Stars really helps us out. We also have a Patreon and merch and an Instagram account where all of that stuff is linked at ArtWise Podcast. So I would super appreciate it if uh, you check that out to support the podcast, help me keep doing this forever and ever because I love it so much uh but yeah thank you again anna maria for coming on and to everybody else uh, i will see you guys all next tuesday bye everyone
1: our music is so good every time